this is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, hits the right, gets to the 20. He's in the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks the third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's out of the 20. He's out of the 10. He's out of the 5. He's out of the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 96 yard run from scrimmage. Garrison Hurst breaking tackle after tackle. Swings down the sideline. Throws off bodies like clothes after a marathon. Young, back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 50. The 10. He died. Touchdown, 49ers. Third down. Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down. He's post. And Click, 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 click. Boom! What's going on, faithfuls? It's your boys Mike and Wayne, and we are back to bring you guys a halfway there. A review of the first half of the season and what we think is going to happen throughout the rest of this wonderful, surprising season from the 49ers. All right. Let's start with some formalities and then we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. See what I did there? See what I did there? All right, guys, hit that like and subscribe button if it's your first time here on that YouTube channel. All right. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys, please, please, please turn on your notifications so you know exactly when we are going live. We originally had plans to go live last night, but some things came up. It's okay. You know, you know, a little bit of hit, a little bit of that. But guys, we are here to bring you guys the shows that we owe you guys. Okay. You're going to pay us what you owe. All right. So make sure you guys give us those thumbs up. Give us that subscription and then turn on the notifications. That is for yourself. So that way you know exactly when we are going live. Give us a follow on some of our social media platforms. We have uh, Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter. All three of those handles are nothing but nine ERS. That is the number nine. Nothing but nine ERS. You guys can see that directly underneath Breezy. He's right there. Y'all can see it down there below him. All right. And then we have, last but not least, Facebook and Twitch. You guys can follow us over there at nothing but niners that is spelled all the way out on Facebook. If you're watching, shout out to the Facebook community right now. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the Twitch community right now. Shout out to the YouTube audience right now. Shout out to the Patreon audience right now and everybody in between, okay? If you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for the shows, guys, head on over to NB9ERS at nothingbutniners.com. And then last but certainly not least, man, patreon.com slash NB9ERS. Now, guys, I want to start this show with a, a round of applause from my guy, my guy Wayne Breezy, man. Let me start with the round of applause, real quick. Let's go. Now, Wayne, I know they're wondering, what the heck was that applause for? You want to tell them the great news, or should I tell them, or what's up, man? I mean, come on, we've been fighting, man. We've been clawing, we've been scrapping, <laughs> and we there, man. What's up? Yeah, man, like, thanks to everybody out there, man. The the new Wayne Breezy channel uh, has over 1,000 subscribers on its way to 1,200. 
uh, and the hours watched are there. So thank you guys for watching the videos, watching these long ass live shows. Uh, we appreciate you over there, man. And uh, I love it, man. It's, it's good. We're going to continue to build and keep growing, man. That's, that's what we're going to do. So shout out to the faithful out there. Powers in the people, baby. Powers in the people. No message more important than that right now, especially with elections just ending up uh, throughout the country and everything. The powers with the people. So uh, the people, the crowd, the audience, the uh, the people who support us, man, we really, truly appreciate you guys. Thank you all for helping my man Wayne Breezy uh, get back. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the, the bounce back is going to be better. I promise you guys that, man, that, that guy is working hard over there. Wayne, how are you doing, bro? I hear your voice is a little eh today, but what's going on? man? How you feeling over there, man? Yeah, man, like a Saturday, man, I did a wedding and and uh probably Friday I did a wedding back to back and I felt like Saturday I was coming down with something. So like my voice started getting like raw because I was like, you know, sometimes when I'm singing, I can't really hear myself. I feel like I gotta push harder. And uh, you know, uh, but Saturday I was coming down some Sunday I was a little under the weather. So I'm glad we had a bye week. Um, so I'm just I'm just under the weather right now. I got like a little little post nasal drip, little chest you know stuff like that a little cold in the chest so um uh, i'm just trying to recoup man and just you know just get healthy i don't know how the weather's been up where you are man but over here in jersey pennsylvania let me tell you bro like just three four days ago it was 80 it was, degrees bro it was it was in it was 70s 80s and then next thing you know man the high is 56 and i don't know how to act because I'm a night guy, right? So it's cool during the day when I'm working, right? It's nice, sunny days. I'm outside, short sleeves and everything. Then I want to hang out outside. I'm, I'm chilling with family and stuff. And the temperature just goes at nighttime now. Right? And that's the fall, you know what I'm saying? So it's sunshine and rainbows during the day. And then all of a sudden, you got to light the fire pit. Like just 15, 20 minutes later, like at, at the blink of an eye, snap of a finger, it's like, wow, what just happened? You know? So uh, I know that's catching a lot of people. And that's how a lot of people are getting sick, at least. That's what I think. I don't know. You know, like you got some science people out there that'll tell you, man, hey, listen, that whole wet your hair, go outside in the cold. That is not how people get sick. Oh, it's not? I felt like that's how I get sick, though. I feel like that's how, yo. So <laughs> I, I got to make sure my, my pores are closed up before I go outside because I literally like, yeah, that's how I get sick. Bro. Always have, always will. Plus, I always get sick around this time of the year. It's Thanksgiving time. And I usually yeah. get around that time and then I'm super healthy for Christmas holiday. It's just weird. Like never fails. So I have this thing and I've noticed it for the last seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. If I take the trash out in a light drizzle, no matter summer, winter, whatever, and I got a, and I got a tank top on, mm -hmm. if rain touches my shoulders, I'm sick the next day. I don't know why. It's only my shoulders though. If I go outside in short sleeves and, and it's pouring, right? I'm okay. It's like it soaks into my shirt and it don't do it don't affect me the same way. But for whatever reason, when rain touches directly on my shoulders, man, I, I can't call it, but I promise you, man, I get a sore throat. My nose is all my sinuses are all messed up. I'm walking around doing this, trying to relieve some of that tension in, in the mm -hmm. sinuses there. I'm pushing in my forehead like they I don't even know if that helps, but I that's how I feel like I gotta do to try to help myself, man. Right. It's, it's nuts, man. It is absolutely nuts. So if you guys are out there, man, you guys be careful. Uh, make sure you guys prepare for the weather. And there's another confession here. I'm 38 years old. My birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks, right? Yep. And uh, I just learned, this is going to sound crazy and stupid all at the same time. I just learned the value of a jacket. I know that sounds weird, right? But you know, I was just talking about like, it's nice and cool out. But then when, So 
Saturday nights, I hang out with my old heads, my OGs, and we, we sit in my man's garage. We smoke some cigars. We chill. We have a really good time, right? And inside the garage, it's this two-car garage, mad space in there. We've got the little propane heaters, mm-hmm. nice and toasty. But it'd be cold when I'm heading out at nighttime, okay? And so I dress for the weather inside the garage. I put on short sleeves. I wear a, a you're not supposed to call them wife beaters no more, uh, an athletic shirt underneath them, underneath the short sleeve. And when I get too hot, I take it off. But for the most part, if I'm going out, I just throw on a hoodie and I'm good to go, right? Mm-hmm. Inside his garage, it'd be baking. And I finally realized, this, this sounds crazy, right? That's what a jacket's for. You wear the jacket for when you're outside in the cold, and then right. when you're where you're going, you take it, it off. Goes. You take it off. I've been, I'm such a hoodie weather guy. Like, I, it's cold it's out, cold. I'm a hoodie on. That's not the weather inside, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... <laughs> I'm just now learning the value of a jacket. So now, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm shopping for jackets. You know what a shearling is? A what? I, I don't, I might be saying it wrong. S H E A R L I N G. Shearling, shearling. Oh, shearling, the coat. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the fur on it. The lamb coats. Yeah. I'm about to get one. I've never bought a real coat. In my, I'm lying. Uh, when I was in, let me know. In, well, you're gonna get it because I, I might want to get one too. I I always wanted one. I've never had one. Me neither, I'm man. Old, I make my own money, and I'm ready to drop. We could go to Delaney Street in New York. Hey, man, I've, I've been looking online. I'm I'm very particular about the stuff that I put on. Right, right. I don't want brands all over. I, I'm other than you, nah, know, you won't see a brand for Shirley. It's it's literally lamb coat with the yeah. with the you know the wool for the the fur and stuff like that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm trying, I'm trying to, my, me and my wife are looking at them now and I'm trying to find one that I want. The only other real jacket I've ever bought in my entire life was my senior year of high school. I don't know if you remember, there used to be this place called Wilson's Leather. Yes. They were in like malls and whatnot and, you know, little outlets and everything. I remember and I went, they were, they were going out of business in the mall that I worked at. And I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to go get me a real Wilson leather. I'm going to get a leather jacket. And I went in there and dropped a couple of dollars in there. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Did, you, did you get the leather bomber? I don't know what a bomber is. I, it's I don't. The, what's it's that? The short leather coat. So it's the one that goes to your weight. It don't go. It's not three quarters or full length. Oh no! I, anything that I wear got to go down below my crotch. I don't. I'm not okay. a waist length guy. So it's, just, it's just like you know how we wear the starter jackets. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That, but it's in leather. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. I didn't get one of those. I didn't get one of those. And then I inherited. Uh, my my grandfather passed this year, and I got two of his leathers here. Two or three. I think I got two. I have two of his leather jackets, you know, but I don't want to wear those every day. Like that's pop pop. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm taking pop pop with me. So uh, I, I would save those for like a special occasion or something like that. Family function to, to honor him and, and bring him with us. My part of bringing him with us. You know what I mean? So I'm learning, man. I'm learning. like who would 38 years old. Like, I guess I still have a very young mentality. Like I'm a big kid or something. You know what I mean? Like I'm out here like, ah, hoodie, I'm fine. No, because then when I get to where I'm going, it's hot. So. Mm-hmm. I'm learning now. I'm gonna get this jacket. You wear, yeah, you wear a shirt yeah. and then you put the jacket on top of it. And then when you get to the place, you take the jacket off. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning. Right. So the you question think, is, do, do you, you ever wear a coat? coat? Never. I'm, I'm not a coat person, man. So j- jackets and coats, bro. So I, I, I would, I would do this. I would. Wait, what's the that. difference? Coat is thicker and, and more insulated. You wear coats during winter time. You wear jackets during the spring. That's that's the difference. All right. So when I was my previous job, uh, they made us purchase like pullover things and mm-hmm. and light i call them windbreakers i guess that's what you call a jacket 
and I, then I they, call, if it's made out of the material like nylon as a windbreaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they had the heavy duty joint joints that was like insulated and everything with the zip in that's a cool attachment. That's a cool okay. So I had those for work and I, you know to keep up professional appearances, I would wear that on top of the uniform, but that's as close as it came to it. I'm qu- I'm curious to know, bro, like what the hell do you wear when it's snowing outside? Don't say no hoodie. Dang. I pro- I bro. Now, but see, here, here's the thing about me. I have I have different material hoodies. I have waterproof hoodies. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about windbreakers either. Like Nike made this athletic hoodie that water would beat up on and just and run off, right? And that's one of my favorite things to wear when I know it's snowing. I throw that on, light the grill, and I'll be outside flipping burgers, and it's just on me and just beating off and running down. So, uh, beating. Wow, I can't believe I just said that. Um, I got you. <laughs> They would have paused you in your show if you had a said oh, that, right? Man, like they would have got you. They would have got you heavy for that, right? A bunch of pauses right now. <laughs> you see cat pause, doggy pauses, pause. But yeah, so I'm, I'm learning, man. You know, if, if it's cold out and uh, it's not pre- precipitating at all, then I got the big cotton, you know, the heavy duty yeah. hoodies on. You know, so I, I just been a hoodie guy, just different types of hoodies. For, even this that I have on right now, right? Like it's I know it's sleeveless and everything, but. There's a, there's a hood on this bad boy. So I if it's got a hood, it was good. Like that's that's the way I felt. I, I always adapted to the weather and based off of what my hood was, that's how you could tell what I was going through that day or, or I you know, what I was anticipating that day. All right. So let's get to some of this 49ers news before we get to the uh meat and potatoes of the show, right? The latest 49ers news. We and there's some good news coming uh out of 49ers camp and things like that. Uh let's start with the first one here being uh the injury report all right that is not the one i wanted to add my apologies hold on boom boom and boom, boom, right boom here. The all right so the 49ers practice report all right this is from our guy matt mayoko uh full participants in practice this week three main pieces here Wide receiver Debo Samuel, who was out due to a hamstring injury. Wide receiver Jawan Jennings, also out due to, due to a hamstring injury. And fullback Kyle Juszczyk, who was out with the broken finger, are now full participants in 49ers practice. This is from Matt Mayoko today. Uh, some footage was out there with those guys on the field with Christian McCaffrey, people getting really hyped up about that. Uh, limited, no longer out, or uh, Dre Greenlaw with his calf. And cornerback Jason Verrett with his knee. Uh, but again, the no shows for practice, Eric Armstead still and Samson Ebukam, who was a new add to this list. Uh, according to Kyle Shanahan, uh, the question was, when did Ebukam pull? Uh, is his a hamstring? I forget what his injury is, but it happened on Monday, which I thought was really weird. Monday, a Monday injury for Samson Ebukam is keeping him out of practice this week. Wayne, what names stand out on this list? What excites you? What makes you nervous? Or are you just ex- elated to like be getting some guys back after the bye week? Um, well, first of all, I'm elated. That's that's I'm elated. We're getting players back. We're getting some, and we're not we're not getting just reserves back, right? We're getting some starters back. Uh, this might be the first time we've seen this trio of linebackers on the field at the same time in a long time, right? So I'm I'm definitely ready for the return on that. Uh, Ebukam or Ebukam. Uh, I'm gonna call him Sosa. Uh, he has a quad injury, right? So he has a quad injury. It's not a, it's not a hamstring, right? If it's a quad, it's in his quad, it's quad muscle. All right, so he has one of those. Um, it's probably something that just got tight on him or whatever, and they probably kept him out. Uh, you know, precautionary. 
Uh, but listen, if he's if he's not good to go, man, the 49ers still have depth. They, you know, you didn't list the uh the players that uh you didn't put that up yet uh, about the players that are coming back off the IR. And so the practice window open for four other players, you know, and Jordan Willis being one of them. And it's it's Jordan Willis time, right? Like some for certain players, it's just their time, right? And this is the time. The weather's about to get cold. He plays better in the cold. And uh, let's see if he if he practices and, ha- and he's gonna he's practicing. Let's see how well his practices turn out. The 49ers have what uh three roster spots, four guys available. Somebody's got to go. So who will they let go? That's the guess, you know, who are they gonna remove from the 53? Well, 50 now. What well, who are they gonna remove? Because they need to open up a roster spot if Jordan Willis is going to be able to uh eligible to play. Now they do have three weeks to activate those guys to the roster. Uh um just coming off the IR. So the 49ers have time. They definitely do their due diligence and their research on how to manage these players. But the biggest person on this list for me, my bro, is Jason Verrett. And I hate to tell you this, Mike, he was out there leading the DBs in practice today. So why you hate to tell me that? I'm hyped. That's my guy. No, I, I, it's just, it's, you know, like a lot of people just aren't really sold on him and they don't, they don't feel like he's ready. He's ready. He's been ready. I've been saying this. He's been ready. And this is going to be the game he's going to start. And he's going to start opposite Mooney. And good. I'm glad that the the Los Angeles Chargers are kind of down, right? Because now he don't got to go full throttle. He can come in this game, get some reps, you know, get acclimated. They won't have Mike Williams. They won't have Keenan Allen, right? So Josh, Joshua Palmer and some of these other young guys, uh, former 49er DeAndre Carter, I believe, plays for them as well. Like, this would be a good game for them to get, you know, to boost their morale. Uh, so for Jason Ferrer, I believe he's going to be out there. I believe he's going to be starting. So that name right there on that list uh, and the fact that he had a good practice today, the fact that he was leading those DBs out there uh, is a good sign. The fact that they said he looked like he was ready. I, I, how could I forget that part? That's the part that I'm forgetting. The fact that they said that he looked like he was ready. But they can't fool me, Mike. Jason Verrett been ready. <clears throat> All right. So I've had people tell me Verrett's been ready for a while. I'm talking about as early as week one. But the team said, let's be cautious. We got Mooney. We got Mosley. We don't need him up right now. We can stash this guy on IR. That's what I heard many, many moons ago. Uh, and then Kyle came out and echoed those same sentiments at the presser. He said, hey, you know, we thought he, we might have needed him last week, but we decided, I mean, not last week, the week before, but we decided not to. So he's been ready. He he is ready to go. He is in football shape. This guy is out there. He's, he's ready to play. And I am elated to hear that he, he's, he was a guy out there leading the DBs. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's a very, very good sign. Uh, Tara Dome did have a question in there. Um, did they put Kinlaw on IR? Kinlaw's been on IR for two weeks now yeah he's on ir is he i didn't he's not on the ir he's been on ir nah is he yes yeah i'm i'm 99 sure Uh, i like how you said you're 99 sure all right you are you gonna you want me to look it up real quick uh yeah he's right so he's he's got a long time he's not returning anytime soon no, he's got so from my understanding, I think they put him on right before the game against the Rams. He was a game time decision for the 
It wasn't the Chiefs. What was the game before the Chiefs? The they showed him out running and everything, and then when he couldn't make it, he put his hood on and he walked out. He looked like like someone just stole his puppy. You know what I'm saying? Like he looked really, really defeated uh, in that moment there. And then, um, you know, the week after that is when they put him on IR. So he's only been uh, on IR for one week because the bye week doesn't count. You have to miss four games. So this will be game two, from my understanding. Correct. This will be game two, from my understanding, for Ken Law. Um, they put him on – there you go, before the Atlanta game. Very good. After, thank you very much. It was Atlanta. That's right. You guys are good in the chat. It was the Atlanta game when they put him on IR. So he, uh, I don't know if that counts as one week or not. And then there was the Chiefs. I think the Atlanta game counts as one week if they put him on the IR before the Atlanta game. Because I thought he it was the week before that. And then they put him on IR. And then we played the Chiefs. So I think he's got two weeks left. Yeah, the bye week did not count. I know that was a big thing. The bye week did not count for him. Um, but the and, good you know, thing is, if he's able to return, from, he's going to return from the IR. So the good thing is, um, he'll be fresh. The, the 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 bad thing is, like how like how healthy will he still be? And so, guys, we won't know until he gets out there on the football field and he touches out that knee. It's unfortunate. Me personally. I, I don't know if you could declare him for season ending IR. I don't know if this, that, that's still a thing, but that's what I would do. If I was managing the team, I would lock him down, let his knees fully heal, and then he has to come back out next year and give it a full go. I can't. I can't do that with you, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Ken Law, they invested a lot in this young man, uh, no fault of his own, right? I got to see what you can do this year. You had this corrective surgery. They thought they found something new. Same thing that we heard with D4. You don't have to see what he can do this year. Like, you have a whole nother year, right? So why damage the guy? Why damage your goods if it's not ready to go? You don't have to see it this year. You can see it next year. Like, give like he, he's coming off the corrective surgery correct, right? And so let him fully recover from that. We thought he was until he started getting into football Shape. It's one thing we get in a physical shape, but football shape is something totally different. I hear you, and it makes sense. I I do hear you, right? But we got to decide. to see this kid play, and it's like, dude, the dude is not healthy, so he's gonna go out there and be bad again or he's get played, hurt again. He's played two games. If you can't give us anything this season, mm-hmm. that's a sign to me that we need to move on, and that means that we need to start looking at defensive tackles in round two. Eric Armstead. Maybe they're already, maybe they're already doing that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to you gotta think about what they're doing. So I, I guarantee you the front office and the 49ers are definitely looking to do that. They're not going to fifth-year option him. They shouldn't fifth-year option him. But listen, you got you to gotta let the kid come out there and be healthy. Like, what's the purpose of putting something out there half-ass? I, I guess that's that's me. Evaluation is the purpose. And, yeah, and I, think, I think that's where we're seeing it different, right? We, yeah, but one, we need to know if he's grown in the system. He hasn't played much in the system. Yeah, but he, but he's, he's, he's not healthy. So when are we going to be healthy then? I, I, I don't know. But if you, if you lock him down and you give him time to recover, the 49ers have zero. The 49ers let Jason Verrett, a guy that they signed, they didn't invest much in him, but they let their players get healthy. They let D four try to get healthy for the longest until they just said, you know what, bump it. We got to yeah. move on. We need the roster spots. I'm glad you mentioned D four. But they gave yeah. him mad time, Mike. Yeah. 
I get that. But the thing is, like, they they doing the same thing with D4 that they did with him. They did the same thing right? with Jalen Hurd. They did they the same thing. Oh, no, no, no. With Jalen Hurd, it was different. Let me, th- this is this is what they did with D4, right? Injury, can't use him. Injury, can't use him. 2019, got a couple games out of him, but we can't use him, right? <clears throat> then they came out and said, oh, he went to this new surgeon, and we think we found what was going on in his back. We found issues that we didn't even know existed. He's back. He's ready. He came in for a game, and then he was done with the Niners, right? They did the same thing with Ken Law this offseason. We found something new in his leg. We think we really seem to figure this thing out. Um, you know, the arthritis and da 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 Like, we think we got to figure it out. And then Ken Law comes in for a game or two. Like, people, I understand they put him on IR in Atlanta. He missed the two games before that. That's what I'm Ken saying. Ken Law hasn't played in a really long time already. It's only a four-month football season. How much more time do we need to give? And this is not an attack on the man. His effort, his mind, he wants to be out there. So let me be very clear what I'm saying here. But I think that you got to look at it from two different ways. The player, I wish him luck. I want him to be out there. I want him to be productive. It only benefits us as fans, right, if he's out there and he's being productive. But the flip side of it is you got to look at it from a business perspective. The Niners have to know how they're going to go into this next offseason, whether it be draft or free agency. We got to go out there and get another defensive tackle. But you do and that. I don't want to wait. I don't know. I don't, if you, he, right, if he, when, if you were the Niners, and you you know Kinlaw and his injury history, aren't you already preparing for the next piece? A roster spot is very very crucial. You just said it yourself, right? We got right. three spots available. We got four guys coming back. Now we got yeah, we're sitting here. Guys that about to get cut because we got guys coming back right now, right? So that's the game. Right. Okay. So, so now you're gonna let Kinlaw take up a, a a spot because what? No, you want Kinlaw to take up a spot. I say yeah. put him on. Right, but I'm saying don't let him take up a spot. Declare him for IR, bank him for the season, and let him come back next year. Then he can try to come out here and take up a spot. And if he doesn't work out, you move on from him, and you just chalk it up as a bust, as a loss, as a whatever. It's sometimes businesses. You know what they do, Mike. You know what businesses do all the time? And they also make bad investments. And it happens. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess. Yes. But we're saying the same things. We're saying the same things because we want him to be here. And if we can't, if he can't be here, we want to move on. You want to see what he's got next year. I want to see what he can do towards the end of the season. The playoff. We need defensive tackles now. If he's healthy and cleared to play, then yes. But my thing is, why take that risk? On a, on a on a high value player that you have highly valued. That's like me creating this new video game and I'm going to release it early, but it might not be ready. But I want to test it out. It might have some bugs. It might crash people's computers. It might do a whole bunch of things, but I really want to get it out. I want people to see it. I'm hoping my marketing team would tell me that. Let's 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 wait. Let's let's iron out the bugs. But they do that for video games. It's called beta testing. They send out codes to people to download it. You guys tell us what happened, what didn't work with it, and then we decide what glitches we need to fix, and then the, then we release it later to the public. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm saying. We need to beta test Kinlaw this year. I don't think I you love your video game again. Kinlaw this year because you know what he can do. No, we don't. No, we don't. I, I feel like we know what he can do. We know he's a run-stuffing defensive tackle. That's his specialty. He's not a sacking defensive tackle. He's not a pass rushing defensive tackle. He's a run stuffing defensive tackle. 
when he's out there, they're not running up the middle. He's soaking up blocks. He's doing whatever he needs to do, and your linebackers are playing great. When him and Eric Armstead are out there, gosh darn it, good luck trying to run on the 49ers. That's exactly what we know he can do. That's why everybody wants him out there, because that's what he does. Is it him or is it Armstead? Or or is it the combination of the two? It's 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 both of them because when Kinlaw played and Armstead didn't play, they still weren't running. They still weren't running. Armstead so, played longer than Kinlaw did this year. I'm just talking. I'm just saying when Armstead is not out there and Kinlaw's out there, they still don't run well. The moment, like I just feel like they both are run stuff. Kin Arm Armstead has a different set of skills though. Like he's an inside guy with outside abilities. So it makes him like really good at that spot. Oh, it's me. I'm freezing. Oh, you know what? I just realized I'm not tapped into my uh oh oh wait, can't get up all the way. Uh <laughs> I just realized I'm on my Wi-Fi and I use I gotta connect my ethernet glitches on me, not on Wayne. Uh, give me a second. But no, seriously, Mike, I, I really feel like like I get what you're saying. Okay. I just now, feel like you're complaining about roster spots and how valuable they are. Then test him next year. Let him fully recover from whatever this knee situation is. And if it works, you keep him. And if it doesn't, you move on. Like you, 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 you move on. And then he doesn't take up a roster spot next year. The 49ers are figuring out ways how to, you know, supplement without Armstead, without Ken Law. Uh, they're still high in the run uh, rush defense category so look man just give him look i get i want him out there i do but i don't know if he's gonna be ready yep god these both they don't miss shit like why can't y'all chill why y'all on like a thousand over here what y'all said wait i can't get up that's why mike if you wouldn't have said that they would have never no i just i said i couldn't get up because i had my robe on my lap that's not what you said mike I, no, I didn't. I said I couldn't. I I said, well, right. I can't do that. Right. But they didn't know what happened. They didn't know. They, that's the first thing. I had my robe makes. on my lap. I was going to trip up. That's why I could. I, I just showed you all the robe. I got out the shower, put my robe on. You know what I'm saying? I was, was chill. All right. So, all right. We'll see what happens with Kinlaw. We'll see what the team decides to do. I, I hope they bring him back this year, even if it's in the postseason or something like this guy. I need I, I need to truly, truly evaluate what this guy can do. Hopefully he can hold up. We need some consistency from this guy, right? Ken Law is not here to be a four or five game player. That's not why they drafted him in the first round. They like want said, more. Right? But they also outsmarted themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like they, we can be honest with about what the team did here, right? They they took a, a chance on a guy in the first round. Yes, when he's out there and he's healthy, he is a force, right? No one's gonna deny that he's a nasty physical mofo right in the middle of your defensive line. You want that. And I agree with what you were saying. When you put, when you couple him with Armstead, run yards are impossible to come by on the 49ers. But we've seen something these last, not last week so much because the Rams don't really run, run the ball, but the Chiefs and the Falcons, they were out there giving, giving us the business in the run game. And so, you know, I want to know what we're attributing that to. Let's get Kinlaw back for a game without Armstead. Let's get Armstead back for a game with a game without Kinlaw and, and just see who, who it is. Who do we focus on really, really investing uh, resources into? Which, which team or which, which player are we going to send to our finest surgeons 
and say, hey, we need this guy more than this guy? Or do they do it with both of them or what? I just feel like we got to see what's out there for these guys because to- the, the clock is ticking. You know what I mean? Like you said, I don't think they're gonna, I don't think they're gonna pick up a fifth-year option. And we talked about this on Patreon. I know we we're not supposed to mention this because people get upset, but it was like Solomon Thomas versus Javon Kinlaw. Who's been more productive for the 49ers? Kinlaw don't want to go out the way Solomon Thomas did. He doesn't want to go out that same way. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he just don't. I, 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 it would be a different way because Ken Law's situation is is mainly injuries. Solomon Thomas had m- many opportunities, many evaluations, and just couldn't get right. And then unfortunately, he got injured right toward the, the last year. After no, I think they signed him. Like unfortunately, he got injured, right? And so that that was Solomon Thomas. So it's different. They're different. They're different. Ken Law just can't. His body, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's it's his body, like it's just not, it's not being susceptible to the sport at this level. <laughs> he was dominant in 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 uh in college, and he kind of reminds me. And I know they play two different positions, but like Jadavian Clowney, right? Remember, like he was a dominant force in South Carolina. And then he came to the NFL and he had some flashes of it, but he couldn't stay healthy either. I don't know, man. It's something with these guys' bodies. And when they get to the NFL, it just doesn't work right. Yeah. I mean, you're also going from 11, 12 games in college to oh, to like 17. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a it's a massive difference, and, and not everyone is cut out and built for it. You know what I mean? So that's why, especially on the defensive line, it's important to have a healthy rotation. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Though it's it's a good debate, and it's something we're obviously going to keep our eyes on. Um, something else you mentioned here <clears throat> was the practice windows opened up for a couple of players here. All right, uh players returning and after having their practice windows open. For them while on IR, Elijah Mitchell knee, Colton McKivitt's knee, and Aziz Al Shayer also with a knee. All these guys are back out there in the fray. Uh, they were they got we got positive reports during the bye week, and now that the upcoming week is here, uh, these guys are out there and they're giving the business. And I would have to imagine you tell me if you uh, disagree or agree. All three of these guys will be active on game day. True or false? What do you think? I, I say true, man. They fully practice today. So if they're fully practicing, you can fully bet your bottom dollar that they're going to be fully active. So that's three right there. Now, the question is, will Jordan Willis be active? And if so, who's the player that they're going to release? My man Wayne really want to talk about Jordan Willis. So let me go ahead and put that tweet up here, too. We got that one directly from the Bama's mouth. 49ers account tweets out officially, right? The 49ers have opened the practice window for defensive lineman Jordan Willis. For some of you people out there who don't know who Jordan Willis is, let me just tell you something, okay? The 49ers don't win that NFC division round Mm. against the Packers. That blocked punt, it was Jordan Willis that blocked that punt. I know that – I'm about to say Troy Palomaro. Look at me. Talanoa Hufunga is the person who picked up the the ball and, and, and ran it in for the touchdown, right? But it was definitely Jordan Willis who blocked the punt, broke through that line on special teams, got his hands on the ball, goes airborne, straight up in the air, and everyone's looking around. Where is it? Which way did it go? Which way did it go? And then, boom, it lands. Ufunga picks it up, runs it in for the easy score, and that's how we ended up advancing to the NFC Championship game last year. Uh, And also, also, he's a really good pass rusher. 
He's a really good pass rusher as well, uh, especially here in this system on a healthy line. Uh, I think he's someone that the Niners really want to get back out there. Um, does he become active this week? I'd say no. I don't think this – I think they give him one more week. Um, but what do you think? Um, I mean, he hasn't practiced. He he wasn't practicing yet. So a couple more days. If he's out there practicing, I could see him being active uh, especially with Samson Ebukam, uh, with his quad injury, they're gonna need somebody. Uh, they're gonna need more depth, right? So if you're gonna be, if if Ebukam is gonna be inactive but not demoted from the roster, you're gonna need to put somebody out there, and you gotta ask yourself, like, who would you rather have out there, Jordan Willis, Kamoko Ture? And we all thought that Ture was gonna take off and shine in this defense, and unfortunately. They won't. They won't even activate them. What is their problem? What do they have against my New Jersey dude, bro? What's up with that? It's something that they. they I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what it is. He does get snaps. He's just not as productive as some of the other pass rushers. And and that how happened. many games have he been active for this year? You said he got snaps. When yeah, he's gotten some snaps, Mike. He. I've, I've seen him out there on run stops. I've seen week him out two, there. week three. I don't know off the top of my head. I would have to look at the uh, the game. I haven't I haven't seen them lately. Let me hold on. I, this is an easy settle. I'm a, I'm gonna pull it up here. Kimoko Trey. He's been let me, see, let me see the last time he was active because he's been missing a lot of games. Every time the inactive list comes out, I'm like, yo, stop doing them. Like no, it, it's not that they were doing them like that. The first couple of weeks of the season, he had family issues situations, so he had to take care of that. So he was inactive because of that. And then they activated him, and then they didn't. It's Atlanta. It's the game, bro. Atlanta's the last time this man was active, bro. Okay. okay. So he, he two two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and then before that, nothing, no snaps, no, like, oh no 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, week four against the Rams, week five against Carolina, and then week six against Atlanta. So he, he he was inactive after that. So you're right. You're right. Okay. So that was just the Chiefs game, and then this last game against the Rams, he missed those last two games. So, uh, but they they gotta they gotta activate my man and put him out there some more, man. Like he's a really talented guy. He had what six and a half sacks last year for the Colts. Like there's there's no reason he for him. Might, he just might not fit in this system. Like like you know, and and he could be. Remember, he was the last guy that they brought onto this team. And then they ended up drafting Jake Drake Jackson. Now that's a guy I want to see get some elevation in his play. I would like to see him. Matter of fact, I I posted this out there. It's time, and people were like, "No, you gotta let him develop." <laughs> How the fuck he gonna develop if he don't play? I I never understand what you talking about, Mike. Say what you just said one more time. I want to know who you referring to before I say. No, what you said how how what? I just want to know who you referring to when I say this. Ken thing. Law, man. I'm talking about Ken Law, too. How he, how we going to know if he don't he's play, bro? He, he, it's, it, he's coming off of an injury, Mike. There's a disclaimer there, bro. That dude has been injury prone before the NFL, and the 49ers knew it. So he can actually be a bust. Like, he literally can be a bust because he can't stay healthy. And it's not a knock to him, but he can't stay healthy, bro. And the 49ers knew that. You're right. You're right. You're right. And they thought they could – come on, y'all. 
Do we have they thought they could bring him in here and then let him This was before they were doing that like red shirt stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they brought him in there because everybody said, oh, we drafted him. He's got to replace DeForest Buckner. But they didn't have anybody else on the inside. And losing DJ Jones is crucial. My man Eddie. All right, EG. Thank you, man. All right. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, bro. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from what you're saying. All right. And you and, right. I, and again, you gotta remember the 49ers were banking on a couple of players to show up, right? They had a bunch of low-risk, high reward players, right? But Mike Hurst, uh, Maurice Hurst ended up getting hurt. He's on the IR. Finished for the season, got hurt before the season started. That was another uh, interior guy. Then they had to pick up some other people just to come in here and play. And they've been holding on to guys I don't understand because Hurst finished the season last year on IR. Like, what? Why they keep bringing these dudes? I don't understand. Like, because it's a low, it's a low risk, high reward. First of all, it's the type of contract that they sign. That's number one. And they feel like, and and you feel like if you get them in this Caserix defense, bro, right? They can benefit. They will be better. Hurst was a problem. Like, unfortunately, health is an issue. Guys can't stay healthy. Like that. Like at some point, we got to address why do we keep picking the guys that can't stay healthy? At some point, that needs to be addressed. That's the bigger issue. All right. So let, let's 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 turn the page here, man. Um, good good healthy talk about healthy talk that's not a pun i didn't mean to do that because we were talking about injuries and all that stuff right but that was a, that was a, that was a solid conversation right uh let's let's move on to some other 49ers rumors okay there's two of them in particular i want to get your take on here uh while we're live on air the first one being obj everyone thinks that the niners are in on odell beckham jr um i am not one of those guys i don't believe that the niners are looking to him i feel like there's already a lot of mouths to feed on the offensive side of the ball not that he can't be an asset to us. Uh, not that he's not someone that would benefit what we do here, right? We know uh, his his ideal spot to play, uh, where he's effective in the in in the middle of the field and things like that. We know that that is that plays to the strength of our quarterback right now and and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, it's not that he wouldn't be good, but is there a spot for him on this team? Do you think one the Niners are into him, and two, do you think they could find a way to fit him in? With all the offensive firepower that we already have, with uh, you know um, Christian McCaffrey, with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, Kyle Uzcheck coming back, he's a pass catcher as well, right? Uh, Debo Samuel, like where where the heck would OBJ even fit? Like break it down for me. Um, so to answer the first part of the question, yes, they're 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 going to look into it, um, and so and they should, right? This is another weapon. And so I'm sorry, bro. If I show up to a war, I want all the weapons I can get. And I want all the artillery I can have. And I want all the people that can run that artillery uh, in that particular war. So when you're preparing for war, Mike, you want to make sure you got as many weapons as you can to for uh, against the opposing team. OBJ would be another weapon. Now, how would they utilize him? Well, that's up to Kyle Shanahan, right? And so I, I don't, you know, people say we don't need him. I get it. We don't need him. We didn't need Christian McCaffrey either because we knew we were getting Elijah Mitchell back, but we went out and got him, right? We went out and traded for him on top of that, right? They didn't need Christian McCaffrey. They wanted Christian McCaffrey, and they showed you how much they wanted Christian McCaffrey by giving up those picks, you know what I'm saying, next year and in 2024, 
right? Now, OBJ, they don't need him either. They don't need him. But if they want him, they got about $6 million in cap. They might try to figure out a way. Now, how are they utilizing Mike? I don't know. It's, it's up to Kyle. But I tell you what, having him out there, like, with with your other weapons, it's just ridiculous. There's so many interchangeable parts. You heard Kyle Shanahan talk today how Christian McCaffrey doesn't make Debo Samuel better. Debo Samuel doesn't make Christian McCaffrey better. But the fact that I got both of them motherfuckers out there, it's just going to – It's yeah, it, that's my point. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I know a lot of people don't like OBJ because of his tactics and his antics, but people were forgetting this was the guy that was about to be the Super Bowl MVP until he got injured. And you should be able to get him on a, on a, on a humbug deal due to the injury. If you get OBJ in here for nine games, eight games, seven games, it's a bonus for the 49ers. It's easy. It's like easy bonus. Now, people, like I said, you might not like it. People might not like it, but I actually love it, bro. I think having more of the merrier is cool. I think the fact that you can't tell or game plan who I'm going to give the ball to each and every week is cool. You got to try to figure out, am I going Kyle Juszczyk, OBJ, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Shoot, Trey Lance might even be able to come back out here and get take a catch or something. You know what I'm saying? You just don't know how to prepare for it from a defensive mindset, like, right? And I think that is the, that's the key. You guys always talk about Kyle's playing chess, but then let him get the pieces that he want. I'm just saying. Let me give saying. a little pushback. One word, Rams. All right, now, hear me out, okay? Not that he was bad with the Rams. He was, He's what was that spark for them in the Super Bowl, right? But I want to I wanna point out the fact that when teams have too many superstars on one team, you see a lot of fighting on the sideline. Not encouragement. Not, come on, guys, we got this, we got this. How many times have we played the Rams or watched the Rams in a game and they're pushing each other on the sideline? They're arguing and bickering with each other. Because so many celebrities, so many guys that think they're way up here. They're way up here. Maybe not so much this year because they lost a lot of guys. I didn't but see they- I don't remember seeing it last year either. And, and, and I remember seeing that particular what? person. We just saw, we just saw it two weeks ago when we played them. I'm talking about I'm talking about in particular with OBJ. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about him. things like that. But yeah, no, no. I'm not talking about OBJ. I, I did not see him being a problem on that team. Let me be very clear. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not sure where you're going with this, other than I'm, the fact that the superstar point. I, I think I get that part. Yeah, I'm just talking but about too many superstars. This is not a team. Superstars and too many miles to feed is two different things. I can see how they coincide with one another, but they're different. And I think we talk about the 49ers culture all the time. Mike, you say that this is the best culture for people to come in here and, and be a part of the culture. And if he's willing to accept that, then he's going to have to be willing to accept the role. You know how a culture is built? How's, how's the culture built, Mike? With people willing to oblige to the culture you're trying that's to my point. I, That's exactly what I just said. Yes. But when they're superstars, they come with their own personalities. And so let me just just just. So then it's Kyle Shanahan's job to manage superstars. Like, he's going to have them. I don't want that. that. That's me. That's just me. Hear me out. If, we put, a poll, if we put a poll in this chat right now, who's 49ers wide receiver one? I can almost guarantee you to be split 50-50 uh, with Debo and Ayuk. It'll okay. be split. If we, ask the, if, the, if we ask the chat who is wide receiver one right now, they wouldn't know how to answer that question. 
You're going to have people going back and forth on it. Now you throw OBJ in the mix, it's chaos and pan, chaos and pandemonium. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. Maybe everybody, maybe there is a, a, an overall consensus, right? But I don't know that for sure. I'm just telling you how I feel. We're not. We're just talking about wide receivers. Then, if you ask the question, who is the who is the 49ers' top target in the passing game? You have some people that say Kittle. You have some people that say uh, Brandon Ayuk. You have some people that say Debo Samuel. Now you want Christian McCaffrey. Now we saw the Niners completely do something different in this last game that we've seen. Since Kyle's been here, they were throwing balls to freaking running backs. We've never seen that before. But now that you got Christian McCaffrey in here, he is a part of the passing game. You want to throw another guy in that mix? I want to OBJ? Probably one of the best. And he's a, he, yo, lining him up in the slot would be something serious, bro. I, I don't know. I guess I just see football. I, no, no, no. I, I, I get that value. I promise you. I see I, that. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person, I'm, I'm the type of coach that can get anybody to play together. That's me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm that Coach Carter type of coach. Give me all these kids from all these neighborhoods, and we're going to learn how to be a team. You know what I mean? And so that that's me. But you might feel differently. feel like OBJ is older now, a lot more mature, won a Super Bowl, and he's looking to come in to extend his career. He know he's on his last leg. He's on his way out, and he might not even be in the superstar category anymore. It's time for these young guys to step up, right, into that category. And, look, I believe Debo Samuel OBJ has a great relationship. I'm not sure what it is with Brandon Ayuk, uh, but Brandon Ayuk, is, he could be that problem for the 49ers going into the future. A lot of people don't think it, but he's got that wide receiver mentality, like that old-school Michael Irvin type of mentality that can kind of creep up as he continues to get better. Then what we going to do? We're going to feed the superstar because that's the guy that's out there making plays. Not everybody is going to be you know, as humble as Jerry Rice was. And even Jerry Rice talks shit. Like, so, like, like I, I don't know. It's a wide receiver thing, Mike. Usually they're the divas of the team. You know what I mean? And and that's that's the, what, the stigma about wide receivers in general. Like, in general, not just the 49ers. I agree. So let's take it off of wide receivers. There's one more name that people are suddenly throwing around. I saw the reports today. The uh, Indianapolis Colts might be in the middle of a fire sale, looking to rebuild, and they might be looking to move nah, on. Right, let's do something. Let's do this. Let's do this because I, I want to interrupt you. If you could pick one player from the Colts, just one. <laughs> <laughs> If y'all out there watching this show on either stream, if you could take one player from the Colts, who would it be? I want to know what Mike says. Y'all all wrong. I'm going to tell you that right now. Everybody's saying Buckner. I'm not taking Buckner. You know who I'm taking? Who are you taking? Come on. That nasty-ass offensive lineman that played guard. Quentin Nelson? Yes. Who you... You get you getting rid of Burford? No, I mean you, Burford is a tackle, bro. At the end of the day, that's what he was drafted. He's playing, as. He's playing guard. He's playing guard because they're making him play guard, and it's an easier transition into the NFL. I guarantee you, he'll be playing right tackle next year. We could put five push-ups on that joint. There it is. You got, you, you got some Nelson votes in here too, man. You, you sway you sway the people. You I'm sway not swaying. The I'm just telling you, yo. I, like that's now. Can you imagine this offensive line, right? 
you could leave Jake Dan Brendo at center for all I care. You got two nasty mother suckers, and you might even be able to move Aaron Banks to the right, depending on if he can if he can learn that. No, I don't know. I'm, 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 the only reason I say not, nah, he is playing. He is the best lineman the 49ers have right now. Right. This so if he's best, that means he's capable of there. learning both guard positions. Right. If, if he's the best, he should be capable of learning. I, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do on the right side. I know I'm that just, right now on the left, he is playing better than any offensive lineman I, on the team. And I don't I disagree with there. I, I don't disagree with it. But uh, all I'm saying is, you get Trent Williams, right? You get Spencer Bur- um, uh, Aaron Banks, then whoever your center is going to be, Jake Brindle, and then next year you can get Quentin Nelson and then Spencer Burford at right tackle. I Michael Grinchy's gone. Gone that offensive line, pshit. and Jake Brindle is Trey Lance's center. I'm gonna keep saying that. I truly believe that's why he was here this year. I really that's, really the, only, that's the only reason. Only reason. All right, all right. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But that is the rumor that uh they might be looking to move on from DeForest Buckner. They're not getting the production they thought they were gonna get from him since he's been there. Um, which is and- true. He's that highly paid. The thing is, if it's a, if it's a trade, we can't afford him. So we don't got any more picks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know how that would work out, but it, it's it's always fun to see. And listen, man, I was the main guy saying there's no way we get Christian McCaffrey. I understand he's a perfect fit here. There's no way we get him. The Niners don't have the trade power. They were saying multiple first. Blah blah blah. I ran my mouth, and I was so overly confident in it, and it happened. So let me just shut up now. Let me just shut up now because I'm saying I don't see how it could happen. I, I'm saying I don't see how it could fit. I said that uh, they won't bring in CMC because Carolina has so much dead money and they still did it anyway. So who am I? Who am I? I'm just a guy sitting on the couch talking 49ers football. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. But I tell you what, the team, the way that they're set up right now, they're ready. I, I honestly think that they are ready. All right. Now, that's going to bring us to our main subject on the night. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I got, I got, I got something I want to play really quick. I saw this, I saw this tweet. Uh, there were a couple of tweets, actually, that I saw. I'm going to share one of them really quick. Let me, let me take this. Uh, let me change our background real quick. Let's just do the one screen like this. And I'm going to change our other background because that gold is throwing off everything. So let's put the... Uh, is it that one? Is that the one we use? That's the one we normally use right there. That matches the color scheme there. All right, let's put this. Um, let me let me let me share the screen with you guys. All right, I want y'all to see these two tweets really quick, and I got them pulled up already. Chrome tab Twitter. Uh, uh. Can you can you see these two tweets here? Damn it, that's Debo Samuel. That's Christian McCaffrey. All right, so I'm going to turn this off because there's music in the background. I'm not trying to get fined or penalized for this. But then I want y'all to see this one right here. And this is what Wayne was talking about. And that's our guy right there, JV, man. Look, that's my dog right there. Wayne, man. Cornerback one. CB1? CB1 or CB2? CB1. Wow. Over Mooney, huh? 
That's CB1 right there, yo. Like, like that kid healthy. I don't mean to call people kids, but I'm older. I'm like 10, 20 years older than most of these kids playing. You that guy him though, but I hear you. Though. Right, but you know what I meant. But him healthy, bro. Psh, he was CB1 before the injury. They bring in Mooney, right? They pay Mooney CB1 money. So technically by contract, Mooney will it will be CB1. But they got another CB1. So it's like CB1A, CB1B. And then and we had CB1C. Now that I think about it. Mosley was playing his, his ass off before, bro, before the injury, dude bro. was gonna get whop. Yes, 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 yes. And guys, keep those super chats coming because we do a super chat segment at the end of the show. Uh, so keep them coming. I will go through them all. I have not ignored any of them. We have them marked. I will get to them. Thank you guys very much in advance. All right. There's one more thing I want to play for you. It's just an audio clip. It's about a minute long. All right. Um, oh, now it's not here. What the heck? All right, maybe I won't be able to do it then. It was a it was a Ross T Tucker on uh, ninety five <laughs> on ninety five seven the game. What'd you say? Nah, Chris was like Verrett, like thirties, like Breezy. You like fifty? I'm like I'm like I'm, I'm eleven years older than Jason. Verrett. That's a whole decade. Yeah, but still, yeah, yeah. So I, I understand with the kid thing, right? Damn, I can't find this uh ninety five seven the game. Let me see if it's on their page here. It's a little video they posted. Here it is right here. I want y'all to hear this really quick, all right? It's, it's about a minute long, so bear with us really quick. I'm going to turn it up. And you know what team gets brought up maybe maybe the most about being a threat to the Philadelphia Eagles? These guys. Your Niners. Oh, well, go ahead. Isn't that something? Like, I'm not saying – I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, I certainly think they have some potential, but yeah, they got to make the playoffs. Exactly. Right? I mean, you know, they got to they gotta get on their horse and start to win some more games. I understand where people are coming from in terms of, hey, they got some really talented players, and now they got McCaffrey. They're getting some other guys back. But I don't know that I'm quite there yet. I mean, they were obviously trying to move, off, move away from Jimmy for a reason. But people look around, guys. They're not that scared of the Vikings. The Eagles already smoked them. The Seahawks, it's like, okay, yeah, but uh, uh, it's still Geno and whatever. The Eagles already beat the Cowboys. They're not really buying the Giants. The Bucks, I think people are a little bit afraid of just because it's Brady. And then there's the Niners. You know, you, you have legitimate talent, and you have a legitimate playoff pedigree to the point where when people say who could knock the Eagles off in the playoffs, they talk about the Niners. Yeah. All right. So the reason why he named those teams in particular, I was trying to figure out why he was running down the list of teams that he, he ran down. And it's because of this right here. If the playoffs in the NFC started today, these are the teams in order that would be making the postseason. The Eagles would have a bye and we would be taking on the Bucks. No, we would be taking on the Vikings. No, only one team gets a bye now. No, right. But so, and the only team that we, we we're the seventh seed, so we would take on the second seed. That's the Bucks. No, that's the Vikings. The Bucks are four, five, and four, bro. If the Bucks oh, are, oh, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm looking at this. I'm, I thought it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm I'm going from left to right. So I apologize. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, you're absolutely right. 
you're 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 one hundred percent right. So we will take on the Vikings. Right. You're absolutely so right. It, it would be uh I think it would be the it would be us, the Vikings, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. Yeah, and the Giants against the Bucks. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You nailed it there. And let me tell you, that's if the season ended today. That's if the season ended today. That's how it would all break down. All right. And so this is interesting because as long as we take care of business from here on out, we make it in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And Ross Tucker is a guy whose opinion I really, I really respect. He tries, he 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 tries to be unbiased. He's got a little bit of a bias with the Bills, but that's because he played there, and that's that's natural. I, I expect that to happen, right? Um, but looking at the playoff picture as it stands today, Wayne, I want to ask you this question: Which one of these teams scares you, if any team at all? I you might say. Now, I'm not worried about none of these bums. I have no idea what your reaction is going to be. But looking at the playoff picture right now, who's scary to you? The only team I I worry about is the Bucs. And I know people are like, why? Like, why the Bucs? You disrespect Um, Brady that much? I mean, it's just playoff Brady is just a different Brady, bro. Like, it's just different. The whole Mm -hmm. thing is don't let Brady in the playoffs. And then you ain't got to worry about him. But Brady in the playoffs – has the most experience than any one of those teams and that's playing. And so um I know that they're they're struggling with their offensive line. A lot of people are saying that. I, I believe just over time they're gonna they're, they're gonna have to figure out how to run the ball at some point. Like they won't run the ball, like right. And I don't get it. Like their offensive line can't be that bad to where they don't try to run the ball, but they don't run the ball. Like Brady will drop back 40 plus times every game for the rest of the remainder of the season. Uh, but if if we were like that would be the team because you know I don't know man Brady said you chose that motherfucker over me and so that's some fire I don't want that smoke <laughs> I don't want any of that I'll be complete yo the only team I'm worried about in the postseason yo, all right I'm gonna sound crazy I think you sound crazy with the Bucks but that's cool I respect what you're saying and you explained it it's the Seahawks for me that's and funny. It's not- it's not because you know we played them, we smoked them. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about that, right? But it's the Seahawks always seem to have Kyle Shanahan's number. I don't know what Pete Carroll does to that defense yeah. before he plays this team. He injects them with some venom. That, that Michael Jordan magic stuff. Mike's yeah. magic yeah. stuff on that on that water bottle in 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 uh, what was that? What was that cartoon movie called? Uh, Pro Stars. That was the bad guys. All the, all the monsters. No, no, no. Pro Stars was the cartoon with Space George. Jam. Oh, Space Jam. I didn't know. Remember that. Space Jam when the team yeah, was flat yeah, halftime yeah, yeah. and they put water in the bottle like Mike's magic stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pete Carroll hands that out when he plays the 49ers. And in the postseason, that's the that's the team I would be most. I'm not worried about the Bucks. I'm not worried about the Eagles. I don't think they've played anybody real yet, but that's why all three of those teams are in the postseason right now because they have the weakest schedule of all the divisions right now. They have the weakest one. <clears throat> I'm not worried about the Eagles. I'm not worried about the Giants. I'm damn sure not worried about the Cowboys. I'm not worried about the Vikings because Kirk Cousins going Kirk Cousins, right? And I'm not worried about the Bucks because I think their time is coming gone. I get it. I respect Brady. I do. On NFL Network over here on the East Coast, that game just went off against the Rams. They struggled to put up those points to beat the Rams. And it took literally – Three seconds left on the clock, or something like that, in order to get the first lead that they had all game long. I'm not. I'm not worried about them either. I'm not. And I hear you, but we're talking playoffs. And at some point, like 
in my opinion, at some point, they they if they're if they're gonna be making a playoff push, they're gonna have to fix some of that stuff. People are saying Brady looks terrible this season. I don't know what Brady you watching, because the dude's the second he got the second most yards in the league. Like past, because he, like you said, they're passing forty plus times a game, so he doesn't look terrible. His one interception, y'all, like <laughs> dude's yeah, but he's got like five or six touchdowns. He ain't doing shit this year. He he can't because he has no. He has no what? I dare you. I da- he has no what? He doesn't have an offensive line, Mike. Come on now. Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say he ain't had no weapons. I was about to say, bro. Dude, that's the thing. He has the weapons, but he's not. he doesn't have any time to get the stuff out, get the yeah, ball bro. down the field. And then, look, it, what was the game? It was a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, they struggle after this moment. The Bucks struggle after this one moment. Wide open touchdown to Mike Evans. Mike Evans dropped the ball. It was worse than Ray Ray McLeod's drop. It was literally in his hand, and he was running, and it fell out his hand. After that, they couldn't score. Like, it was it's so weird. So I get it. I get what you're saying. I get why y'all not worried. But I'm going to say it again. As Tom Brady, and in the playoffs, just as he's magical. You worried about Pete Carroll and that Jesus juice. Well, Tom Brady gets all the calls. He gets every like he's just different in the playoffs. I know y'all don't want to hear it, but dude, like got it. Like it. I'm I'm not I'm not mad at what you think. I'm not mad at what you think at all, and I respect that. But th- those are the two teams I would be most worried about if I'm being honest with you. It's it's them and the Seahawks. So that that's that. Those are our takes here. Let's move on, man. We we're over the hour mark here. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of everything. We're gonna do a first half season review. Okay, we're going to do a first half season review. Um, We don't have to go game by game. I do have the 49ers schedule pulled up here. I can share the screen with you. Uh, I tell you what, this is what we'll do. Tell me your most surprising game for the 49ers. All right, I'm going to I'm going to pull up the whole schedule here uh, and you can. Yeah, for better or worse, for better or worse. I'm going to zoom in. Hold on. Let me zoom in. Is that is that I know these by heart. Listen. The, the Miami Dolphins game is going to be the most surprising. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said first half. We're not talking about what's upcoming. We're talking about what's happened so far. Oh, the most surprising game? That, okay. Um, so, let me get to week week one was right here. Okay, I mean, the most surprising one. game was losing. To, uh, damn, we, we that that Bears loss sucked. Um, That Bears loss was tough. But I think the Broncos loss was even more tougher. I didn't have us beating the Chiefs, so I'm not worried. I, that's not a surprising game to me. You know, right? I I didn't have us beating the Chiefs. Um, I didn't. And then the Falcons I, game, we got punched in the mouth. Yo, we got we got bullied. That Denver game, though, the 49ers had that game. They okay. the 49ers beat themselves in that game. So the 49ers week one and week three beat themselves, and then in week five against the was that week one, two, three, four, five, six against Atlanta. They just okay. laid a freaking egg. Like they they came out in Atlanta either just not ready to play. The defense got pushed. It was Mariota, man. It's the first time we played against a moving quarterback. Even even when we played the Broncos, Russ wasn't going nowhere. It nah, was Mariota, bro. And he wasn't trying to. Russ right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In, in the Falcons game, they said, hey, nobody's played the Niners like this. We're going to try it and see what happens. Bro. And they had three rushers over 50 yards, and Mariota was one of them. I said that Mariota was going to lead that team in rushing. I was wrong, but I was wrong by less than three yards. One guy at 56, I think he had 53. Another guy had like 51 or something like that. It was three go- – what am I arguing about it for? Here, we got we got it right. I don't know if y'all can still see the screen or not. Yeah, we can still see it, Mike. 59, 51. 
and 50. That's what it was. I, I knew they were all in the 50s. It was less than 10 yards separating these guys. And look at how many attempts he did his on. Only six. You know what I'm well, saying? He had he had the big run up the middle when we broke the contain, like you know, we broke the containment and uh he just took off. That was his that was his big run. And he also had a touchdown. So yeah, Mariota was the issue. And and I mm-hmm. I, I I talked about that in my keys to victory for 49ers web zone. I was like, that's the one thing they want to do. They want to spy him. You got to spy him. If you're going to struggle with containment, keep, keep a linebacker right there. Keep somebody that can spy that guy and make, force him to throw, force him yeah. to make the throws. Yeah. 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 And they didn't. And so, yeah, they, I think so. That that's your most surprising game or the, or the Broncos game, the Broncos game, Broncos. Yeah. So, I, I'm not going to say the Broncos game because I expected that to be a battle. I respected the Broncos defense. I respected because this is early. You guys got to remember that this is week three, right? I thought we were going to be getting a real offense against this, and I thought we were going to have to go in the shootout with Russell Wilson. I know that when the game gets close, he runs around a little bit. He extends plays. I I had us winning that game, but barely. Okay? Yeah, but and had we, huh? The, the reason – all right. The reason why it was the is surprising to me is because this game, regardless of how much respect for their defense that we had, we should have been able to put up more than ten points. Their no, no, no. I, I agree. I agree with that. I'm, I'm just saying, like my my perspective, looking at it when the season started. I'm saying, yeah, even when the season started, like I I expected our defense to do what our defense does, but I expected our defense to be able to put up points because we had Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, we still had guys. Now right. we lost Elijah Mitchell, and I think that was a big key piece losing him week one. I think that really kind of like halted the 49ers offense and what they can do and stretch some of these defenses out and wear them out thin. You know, you don't want to run up the middle against DJ Jones and those big guys. You want to kind of get outside those edge rushers, right? And we just right. couldn't do it in that game. And Jimmy Garoppolo, that was his worst game of his career. I'm sorry. It was just it was just the worst game of his career. Um, but I expected more because coming out of when he was inserted into the Seattle game, you you just thought he was going to be this d- dynamic guy going into the next week as the full starter, and he just wasn't. You know, he just he just wasn't. You know, um, I if this game if if we just added ten more points to each one of these teams, twenty to twenty one, and regardless of who the winner was, I would not have been surprised by the outcome of this game. I had a close game going into the season. I thought the Niners might maybe edge them out. Um, but that was also like the fan of me. I never saw this as a one-sided game. I think that hindsight says, bro, if they only put up 11 points, you're going to win that game, right? I think all of us would have walked away and said, yeah, it's the Niners. Like, we'll score more than 11 points. Like, And I think that's why it's a big surprise for people Like when they're reflecting on it. And that's what we're doing. So that, that's rightfully so. Um, but I think my biggest surprise of the entire season was this Panthers game. If, I, if I'm being completely honest with you, man, um, – now, I know that we didn't know who their quarterback was going to be. We didn't know, you know, going into it, how how things were going to play out, how things were going to shake out. But I just didn't expect the Niners to be as balanced as they were. Look at these numbers here, right? Jimmy Garoppolo with no picks. Forget the two touchdowns, right? This completion percentage ain't all that either. Let's be 15 to 30 is 50%. So he's three passes more than that. I'm not really, like, wowed by that. But the fact that we threw for 253 yards and we rushed for another 150, I didn't expect the Niners to be that balanced because the, 
the Panthers, uh, even heading into this game, had a really balanced defense. They always fell apart in the fourth quarter. And then what surprised me even more than that was how well they were able to spread the ball around. And this surprising in a good way. Let me let me be clear. I was most surprised by that in a good way. I thought that that was probably the Niners' most balanced uh, performance of the year. Maybe maybe this last Rams game, but we didn't rush the way that we did in that game. You know what I'm saying? Look at, look at this. You see what I'm saying? Like, we didn't run the ball the way that we did in that game. 150-plus yards rushing on the ground. I thought that was the most surprising game of the first half. Um, the game I was most disappointed in, I'll agree with you there, was the Broncos game. I know a lot of people say, oh, week one against the Bears. It was a monsoon. That game was – anything could happen in that game. If we won that game by 30, if we lost that game by 30, if we lost that game by nine, which we – I, I But we say anything could have happened, but, Mike, they 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 lost control. Like, mm-hmm. That game was the penalty game. That There was too many self-inflicted wounds in that yes. game. It was like 99 you yards. You have that week one. Like, why, why did you prepare this whole offseason? And then you come out there and you just get penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty. It, yeah. was, it was ridiculous. And you're giving yeah, teams second chances. Yeah. 12 accepted penalties, too. Like, they they turned down two of them. That's it, – it, it was rough. It was it was a really, really rough game. Disappointed in them? Yes, absolutely. Um, the Broncos game in hindsight, like, come on. Like, if Jimmy don't step out of bounds, do we win this game? I don't know. We that game ten to nine. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just if we could have just punted the ball on that drive, do and not give them those two points and the ball back. Like, do we win that? I don't know. I don't know how it would have played out. That one I am the most disappointed in. This one I was the most surprised about. Um, but then you get to this game here, and this is the game that I, that scares me the most because I can't call it, Wayne. I can't call. It. I'm going to stop the screen share here. This last game against the Rams. Okay, we went in there. And the Niners, do you hear that? What is that noise? Probably a web browser you got open. Oh, my bad. That was the Twitter. I don't know why Twitter just started playing audio. All right. Um, this this last game against the, uh, the 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 Rams, this game has me the most scared. Okay. Because it get it got me the most excited. All right. I was just flying high on the team. We got Christian McCaffrey. We had Brandon Ayuk. We didn't even have Debo out there. We had George Kittle. But, like, we didn't have Debo. We didn't have Juice. Nobody's going to be able to mess with us, blah, 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 blah. And then today I'm driving my car, and I'm just thinking about that game. I'm getting high again. I'm feeling all excited. Then all of a sudden it hit me. Mike, that was the Rams. The Rams are always the get-right game for the 49ers, bro. When we were 3-5 and five and then we went in there and played the Rams, we got all the way right. What was it, like 31 to 12 or 31 15, some something close to what that game was, right? That was when Debo just went crazy in the run game and the pass mm-hmm. game and all that. And so was that Rams game, is, is that Rams game going to be the catapult that, that propels us in the future? Or is that Rams game an anomaly? Because that's just what we do to the Rams, Wayne. How, how As a 49ers fan, you're going to see it as what? That's the Rams. We knew that was going to be a dub. Nah, a lot of people didn't know that it was going to be a dub. And a lot of people weren't were, were nervous because they said, oh, the 49ers can't score points. They can't score enough points. They can't do this. They don't believe in this. They don't. So they, they, a lot of people didn't think that it was going to be a dub. Let's make that clear. You know, the majority of us, though, like 
that that's our get right team. That's the one team you can kind of like mark a check when you play them because you just play them very well. Like you have their bag, like you're, you just play them well. And I said this today on earlier on my show, I, I was like, look, if Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy in that NFC championship game, they would have beat him in that. Like, like the only reason why they lost the game, cause the dude couldn't throw the ball past a half a yard. And like, and, and you gotta, you gotta factor that in there, bro. Like injuries really set us back. Now they got players injured as well. And if they, and, and they also lost different players uh, for this team, no longer they, ha- they don't have a Von Miller. I, I even think we beat them with an injured Jimmy Garoppolo, as long as they didn't have Von Miller. We usually play well against the Rams. Now to answer your question though, you have to believe that it is right. You have to believe that the 49ers are figuring stuff out. And that's the, you know, I, I, it's so hard. I I hate that we're called the faithful, but we lack so much faith, right? I, I never understood that because a lot of people lack the faith in believing because they don't see it, and I get it. But when you when you beat the team, all right, let me just take you back to last year. Three and five, we go out there, we blow the Rams out the water. I picked this to lose that game by 17. I'll never forget it. And we go out there and we blow them out the water. But then we lose to the Falcons later on. You know what I'm like? It's it's this little stuff like that. I believe it was the Falcons, right? There was a team that we lost yeah, to that we, we shouldn't have lost to. We lost to the Colts. Was it the Colts game? And Carson it was Wentz. Y'all, that was the rain game with all the penalties and stuff like that. Was after that was after the three and five record. That was after the three and five start. There was a game that like I was like, there's no way we're gonna lose this game, and we lost that game, right? But the Niners do that to me. They they get me high when we play the Rams. It's like, oh, we back. We found out. Oh, we got our mojo back, and then. Every year I'm reminded, like, Mike, you bought the pie because it was by the Rams. It was on the Rams' neck, and I don't want to fall victim to that again. What are we supposed to believe right now in projecting this team forward? Did Kyle find his missing piece in Christian McCaffrey? Is that what was missing? Did Kyle find a way to finally become the offensive genius that we hired him to be? It's it. Last because, year. because that Rams game, let me tell you, that Rams game, while you while you gather your thoughts, I said Niners win 31-17. That was my final score prediction. The Rams didn't get the field goal I thought they were going to get. It was 31-14. I was off by three points. I knew we were going to not only win that game, I felt like we were going to win that game in dominant fashion. I felt that going into that game. And I said it, Christian McCaffrey with another game, Full game plan. He's ready to go. This ain't an acquisition on Thursday. He's with the team on Friday and two two days to prepare. This ain't that. Like, this is Christian McCaffrey is a part of the game plan. We got this. We're ready to go. I felt like we were going to win that game by two-plus scores. So why can't you feel the same way against the next Because it's the Rams, and the Rams aren't every other team in the NFL, bro. Nah, nah. That's not how I look at it. The Niners don't play ball like, consistently unless it's against the Rams. I, I feel like the Niners play down to competition, and when they have to play tougher teams, they play better football. And you look at the Chargers, they're they're decent. They're tough, they're like they might be missing some key pieces, but they got a winning record. They're at five and three. And you got to figure out how to stop Austin Eckler, and you got to figure out how to, you know, control Justin Herbert. The good thing is he's not going to be able to get the ball down the field because he doesn't have the guys. But that does that does not mean he's not going to try to take those attempts. I think Kyle Shanahan just has pieces to operate and to work a little bit differently than what we saw last year. 
So, yeah, they got right against the Rams, right? And then they laid an egg. I believe it was against the Colts. I can't remember who they played directly after the Rams. I could be wrong, uh, but we'll figure it out. But all I know is, like, it, it might have been the Bears. I can't remember. Bears was Halloween, and we beat them because that was the Jimmy Garoppolo game. I don't know. I think the 49ers have what it so have after, after the Rams game. No, because that was October. So we played the Rams. We were three and eight. I mean, three and five. I'm sorry. Through eight games. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We were three and five. We beat the Rams 31 10. And then we beat the Jaguars 30 10. And then we beat the Vikings 34 26. So we won three in a row. And then we lost to the Seahawks 30 23. So you're worried why? Because we we do st- oh the Titans game that's what it was oh, it was, was the Titans game. game it was the Titans game bro we dominate the whole game and then like they were just like oh we're gonna throw it to Brown and nobody's gonna be able to stop us third and long Brown boom that Third's was the down. game that uh, that's what it was the Titans game that we were talking about that's the one that, that was the game believe it or not um oh my gosh what's his name. Ambry Thomas was having a great game that game. He was actually shutting down uh, A.J. Brown. What happened was they started moving him. They put A.J. Brown in the slot. Yep. K. Juan Williams was getting burnt, but nobody want to talk about K. Juan Williams because he's the shark. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, Mike. Look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> can the 49ers go out there? Huh? But the offense couldn't answer correct and and the question is can the offense answer now and if you check the the trajectory of this 49ers offense is going up right they're scoring more points they're holding the ball longer like it's just it's just Mm -hmm. going up it's trending upwards and just from that statistical data or data whatever word however you say it i I believe i say data too i believe that the 49ers are going to keep trending upwards. That's why I did a show called Trending Up. And you're seeing a more comfortable Jimmy Garoppolo. You're seeing a more comfortable Kyle Shanahan. You're seeing players make plays, right? You're seeing guys take the balls, miss break tackles, do whatever it is they got to do, especially on the offensive side. You saw one half where Mike McGlinchey was just terrible, and they got got a bunch of – calls they gave up sacks and then in the second half no penalties period like in that last game against the rams and did you know that the rams were the least penalized team in the league bro like they never get calls right we're, we're at the top we're number we were number eight which means we get a lot of calls so i feel like the 49ers coming off this bye week everybody got rest now they got to come out fresh and they got to beat the next la team and the good thing is they're at home now, the bad thing is they're playing on Sunday night. And the 49ers, I can't remember the last time they won on Sunday night football, bro. Don't get I feel me like they're like, Yeah, they haven't won on Sunday night football in a minute. I think Nick Wagner put it out, but I can't remember off the top of my head. So that that's it. That like that, that's that's what you got to worry about. But we also didn't have Christian McCaffrey. We also didn't have, uh, you know, some of the pieces that we have. Dude, we we have both of our starting running backs on Sunday. If Kyle, Kyle Shanahan – go ahead. Kyle's two and three after the bye week. He's two and three after the bye week. What's our record on Sunday Night Football? I can't. 
Uh, let me, you want with, with Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, just type in it and then we can figure it out. 49ers, Sunday night, football record. All right, here we go. 49ers record, Sunday night football. All right, Kyle Shanahan, Sunday night football record. Here we go, stats. Here we go. All right, coaching results, team ranks, full history, worked for, employed by. It's not telling me. I was trying because it's going to tell you 49ers in prime time. So I can tell you, Kyle mm. Shanahan. I, I can't pull it up. I don't know. I know. Who, who, did you say, who did you say tweeted it up? I think it was Nick Wagner. I do know on, I do know that the 49ers are, they have a winning record overall on Sunday Night Football. They're 482, uh, 441, and 13 ties. So they have 482 wins, 441 uh, losses, and 13 ties. So they lost three straight Sunday night football going into going into this week against the Chargers. Okay. Last win of Sunday night football came against the Rams October 2020. Yeah. We lost three straight. Plus the bye thing, which is two and three. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, hear I don't know. So let me ask you this question, man. If you had to give the offense a grade in the first half of the season, what would that grade be? Because it's been up and down, and I want you to include the direction that they're trending. I yeah, I think I'm at a solid, that. solid. I think it's a solid B, right? I feel like the offensive line, in my opinion, the offensive line has been the strongest part of our offense. <laughs> like, believe it or not, like it's weird. That right? Sounds crazy, right. but I, I agree with you there. Right. And then I, I feel like the quarterback play is trending up. Um, now we're able to sustain, like. I love Jeff Wilson Jr., but he was inconsistent with running, and then he would fumble the ball, and, you know, that's how we lost to Atlanta. Like, I forgot. Like, I totally forgot that the dude fumbled the ball. Now, I know the 49ers overcame that 14-point uh, deficit, but, dude, you're on the road. You know how hard it is when you lose the turnover battle? Like, that's it. Like, that was tough. And as much as I love Jeff Wilson Jr., he fumbled twice last game. He fumbled once, and one was an incomplete pass after – I went back and watched and everybody else else. So it looked like two fumbles to me too, bro. But they called it an incomplete pass. You're right. Uh, You're luckily right. he was able to get it back. You know what I'm saying? Um, but listen, I like I like the 49ers because I just feel like that offense is just on an upward trend, yo. It's finding its groove. It's like Stella's getting his groove back, Jimmy's getting his groove back, right? And maybe it just took him to be able to trust this check down guy. Like, I could check it down now. Maybe Kyle didn't trust any of his running backs to be check downs. You know who was supposed to be the check down guy for the 49ers? I thought it was going to be Jeff Wilson Jr. No. But no. it turns you know out that it was supposed to be Michael Hasty. It, but do you know who it was supposed to be is my question. Oh, no. I don't know who it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be Jet McKinnon. That is exactly what they thought they were going to get. Because uh, uh, remember, Jeff, Jeff McKinnon, it, I hate to say it, was CMC-esque. Not the same, but he can catch, he can block, he could run, right? He was quick, great hands, and he was a strong guy. And unfortunately, he couldn't stay healthy with the 49ers. And... His tenure came to an end. They had to get rid of him. And so 
Um, look, every uh, every team has a check. Look, every team has checkdowns. So don't give me that. Like every every team we play, huh? I ain't saying nothing about the check down. I think that's a weapon now. No, I no, think no. that was a weapon. Somebody says, what, what are you going to do if the check down? Bob says, what are you going to do if the check down doesn't work? Listen. No, it's, because it's, now we made it a strength. You, right. Y'all don't understand how, how important this acquisition of Christian McCaffrey was. So they got if the, so if they got to prepare for the check down, Mike, if they, if, if the team. Your spreading defense is thin. That, that's what I'm trying to. That's so it still works even if you don't check it down because now you got somebody else wide open, which could be intermediate, could be down the field. So the check down is a bonus, and having Christian McCaffrey as that guy makes it even the better. I like what this 49ers offense is becoming, right? And we haven't, no team, not just us, nobody's seen Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Kyle Juszczyk on the field at the same time. Correct. None of us have seen that. And what I can tell you is every single one of those guys can catch and do big things with the ball in their hands. Yeah. Nobody has seen that. So if I'm if I'm giving a grade on the trajectory of this team, that's one thing. If I'm giving them a grade on what we saw the first half of the season, I'm going to say a C. Because this defense, I mean, this offense let us down a lot in two games. The Bears games. The Bears game and the and the Broncos game, but the trajectory is going to pull us up. So those two games, you get an F, right? That's that's easy. I think everybody agrees that's an F. But those other, the way we're trending now and what's happening, I'm going to give them a C. I'm going to give them a C. Now, I want to ask you this question: Is the 49ers offense so talented now that teams can't afford to play zone against us? Because I don't know about you. I can't think of a Niners player I want to let get the ball in space. Maybe Jawan Jennings is the only one. But Christian McCaffrey, I don't want to give him the ball in space. If we're playing zone, those guys, you got you got Christian McCaffrey, you got Brandon Ayuk, you got George Kittle, and you have Debo Samuel, that if they will find the soft spot in the zone, the transition space, right? And if you give them the ball in space, they're going to make the first guy miss, and your team is going to hurt. Are the 49ers so stacked on offense right now that teams are going to be forced to play man all game long? Keep somebody close to these guys. You can't play zone against this team right now, can you? Um, you can. And so what I what I what I expect teams to do is continue to play zone, right? And give up the the dinky dunk yards, right? And so and and try to prevent them from scoring. Once they get into the end zone, because once you get into the red zone, you get closer to that goal line. Like it's it's kind of hard for teams to score. So I think that's where defenses are going to try to make their adjustments. Like you know, you might see more man coverage down there, which you know it, it's it's just what it is. You don't really play zone down there. You can, but you don't really want to. Um, so I think though, I I think these defenses like Kansas City, right? I mean, not Kansas City, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, right? They're a three-four base defense. All right, they're gonna come out there. Khalil Mack's gonna be on the outside. First thing you want to do is make sure you take him out of the play, force him out of the play. You don't want to go deep because Derwin James will be just sitting right there. So you got to figure out some ways around how you're gonna attack this particular defense. And I think you run it. I think you find a way to run it. If they're playing, run that mother sucker. 
let me go on record right now because I know it's going to come up later on when we do the preview games and all the preview shows. I like Mike McGlinchey against a guy like Khalil Mack. I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds blasphemous. Nah. But Mike McGlinchey don't struggle with big guys. Those aren't the guys that he struggles, struggles with. Quick, no, he he still he struggles. He doesn't struggle against. He struggles against strong guys and quick guys, Mike. Strong guys who are coming that are not lined up on the line of scrimmage. That's not Mac. Mac is going to line up on the line. If you got a DB coming in, they're going to bowl him over because he don't know how to set his feet and brace for that impact. Mac is going to line up right there on the line. Mike is not going to struggle against a guy like that. I promise you guys, he's not going to struggle. Mark my words. We'll revisit this at halftime. All right. I listen. I know. I know. I sound crazy. I don't expect anybody to agree with me. You put Mike McGlinchey head to head against Khalil Mack. Mike is going to win ninety percent of those reps. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Got nothing to do with what's in the hookah. All the confidence in my guy from PA. All the confidence in him. Y'all watch what I tell you. You watch what I tell you. Mike is going to be fine. Now, here's where it gets tricky. You put him up against Bosa who's got a couple of different moves, a guy who can spin, a guy who can step back, a guy who can stunt. That's a little bit different. But if you put him on Khalil Mack, Mike McGlinchey's going to be fine. I'm telling y'all, y'all going to be like, holy crap, Mike came to play. what they shoot him up with? Y'all going to be giving Mike McGlinchey props when this game is over, as long as it's Khalil Mack lined up on him. I'm I'm telling y'all right now. Y'all heard it here first. Nobody else is gonna say it because they all gonna think they're crazy and they're scared to say it. I'm 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 putting my stake in the in the ground right now. I planted that flag. Mike McGlinch against Khalil Mack. Mack, he might get a play. He might get two. 90% of the time, Mike is going crazy. I'm telling y'all right now. I'm telling y'all. And I can't wait to be right on this. This is one I'm not gonna let y'all forget about. I'm not gonna let y'all forget about this one. Wayne is looking up something over there. What you looking up, bro? What what are you pulling up over there? I was there? just trying. I'm just trying to find when he played the bit when we played the Bears and just to see when. Oh, okay. What he did there. I'm just looking for that, but I don't. I don't see it. Uh, I could tell you when we last played the Bears if that's what you want to know. No, I just I know because I gotta. I need to look we, up. We played them last year. Yeah, but we, we, that was week eight last year, October. I can't 31st. remember if Khalil Mack played. Did he play in that game? I don't I don't know if he played in that game. Mike McGlinchey probably didn't play in that game. Wasn't he hurt by then? Maybe. You might be right. You might be right. He misses a lot of games too. He misses a lot of games. So I can't I can't say that with all certainty. I can tell you what, you can look up uh 2018. Uh we played the Bears. We lost to them. We lost to the Bears uh two uh week 16, December 23rd. We lost to the Bears in that game. I don't know if that helps you out or not. Um, yeah, let me look up that. So maybe maybe that'll help you out. I but, just want to see what he did, like 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 as far as like how many pressures he gave up. So I got to figure out how to find that on PFF if if it lets me go back to that. All right. So you you try to find that. Um, Let's, I'm, I want to talk about the defense. I'll go first really quick. I'm going to grade the defense here so far through the first half of the season. Uh, I'm actually going to give the defense a B plus. They were on A-plus grounds the first five weeks of the season. 
right? I mean, they were on pace to be the best defense the NFL had ever seen. And then you have the Atlanta game, quarters off guard, and then you ran into Andy Reid after a bye. And any team playing Andy Reid after a bye is a team that is going to just go crazy. We all know that. Uh, Andy Reid after the bye is probably the most dangerous head coach in the entire NFL. Uh, So, you know, we ran into a buzzsaw. Um, They put up 44 points on it. Seems like they were just doing whatever they wanted to do uh, that entire game. But then they rebounded really, really well against the Rams, which we we all expected, right? Um, Only two scoring drives against that Rams team. Um, And the Rams are going to a guy when you're getting in his face. Is that that you? Yeah. So sorry. Um, But yeah, so, you know, I. I'm going to give this this defense a B plus. I really, really liked what we saw uh, from this defense in the first half of the season. If you tell me that you're going to go through an entire season and your defense only has four bad games, that's a that's a that's a recipe for success for any defense. So if we can duplicate what we did in the first half, and now that the offense is coming together, now maybe we can get into a shootout with a team like the Chargers. Now maybe we can get into a shootout with another team that's on our on our docket for the second half of the season. The the let's say let's say Wayne's uh team, the Buccaneers, finds their stride. I'll be at that game December 11th, right? Maybe they find their stride. Maybe you know, now all of a sudden we can afford to get into a shootout with a team like that because the offense is going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Uh if the defense can have just two bad games the second half of the season, the Niners are still going to win 13 games. That's the way I'm looking at it. Thir- I-, I got us at 13 and four. I'm sticking with it until I'm wrong. Um, that means that we got to win out, by the way, just so y'all know, we got we have to win out, right? Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong, but maybe maybe we we win 11 or 12 games. I'm okay with being off by a game or two. That still puts us in the postseason. And I think the defense is ready to come out and show that, you know, they're the real deal. We have some reserves coming back. We haven't had this full linebacking core in how many games? It looks like they're all going to be here this week. We haven't had uh, Jason Verrett in how many games? All season plus, right? It looks like he's ready to come back. And Wayne said it at the top of the show, he is cornerback one. We get these guys back. We get Jimmy Ward back with a healthy hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is going to be something to watch for, guys. Like, the team is ready to bounce back. And then we're going to have some other reinforcements coming back down the line, whether it be Ken Law, whether it be Eric Armstead. We're going to get some more help on the interior of the defensive line. Let me tell you, teams are not going to – we're going to be back at our, you know, record-breaking, pace-setting defensive standards. I'm going to give them a B-plus, and I think we can replicate that in the second half of the season. All right? Yeah, pretty much spot on. Like, I'm B-plus – B plus right now. Uh, I, I think they can shoot up to an A, uh, depending on how well they play and how well they're able to gel. Uh, they they get some pieces back, and that's the good. They get really good pieces back too, not just some pieces. So, yes. like you said, they get some really good pieces back. And I wouldn't, if I'm D'Amico Ryan's, I'm moving Jimmy Ward back to safety, and you just have great depth right. now at the position. You know what I'm saying? Stop playing yeah. the big nickel. It's not really working. Um, I'm not saying that, that it doesn't work because we beat the Rams using that, but I I think I would put Ward back at the safety spot. Let him and Hufanga go back out there. And like I said, put put uh Gibson back on special teams. You're gonna upgrade your special teams, like putting him out there. Like you know what I mean? So B plus for me, 
Uh, but I could see them projecting to an A, and I could see the offense moving up to like a B plus, A minus as well. But that all falls on Jimmy. Like, you know, it falls on Jimmy, and it's supposed to. He's the quarterback, so he needs to take it and make it work. Um, he's given just about every piece he needs. The defense just has to stop making mental mistakes, man. They make too many mental mistakes, and, you know, I'm hoping Greenlaw coming back this week. I hope he's not, like, over-anxious, you know, over-zealous, over-energetic, body-slamming, suplexing guys, getting 15-yard penalties. He did that the first game of the season, uh, getting those crazy penalties, roughing the passers or whatever you want to call them. It cost the 49ers the game. Uh, but then he settled down and was probably like the best linebacker on the team after that. And they gave him a contract extension after that game. So look, Greenlaw's back. Aziz should be back. The, 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 the linebacking core is back. Hufunga is going to be healthier. He's going to go back. I'm telling you right now with uh, Mooney and, and, and Verrett there, man, Hufunga's back to all pro status for me. Because he's different when he get when he only has to when he can play safety, but when he has to play this and that and this and that, and he's overthinking. He's not the same. You see him miss a lot of tackles, take a lot of poor angles. He's not playing instinct football. But the fact that you're going to have two corners out there that can literally lock down guys—that's going to be crazy. Yes, sir. I like it. I like it. And then that takes us to the special teams, man. I'm going to give the special teams a C minus for the first half of the season. Um, I won't be, I won't lie to you guys. The first three weeks of the season, I was like, "Oh shit, we got something here. We really, really got something." And then they oh, just, oh. they just fell off. They fell off. And I will say that half of this Rams game, they rebounded really well. We got some nice returns. Um, you know what I'm saying? We we had some nice returns. The coverage units seemed to bounce back, uh, but. That's why I'm saying a C minus. I wanted to say a C. I wanted to say a C, but I'm going to give them a minus because when they were bad, they were really bad. They allow a big return, and then there's a penalty on top of it, right? Penalties and all that stuff. I I, I attribute that to coaching. I'm always going to attribute that to coaching. Um, so you know, I, I I'm going to give them a C minus for now. But I think that they can bounce back. I think they can rebound. I think they can work their way up to a, a solid B. I do. I think they can work their way up to a B. I don't think it's going to be an A unit. Um, but that's just me. You know what I'm saying? Um, Wayne, what are your thoughts on the special teams units overall? I mean, there's, I mean, context, there's context to why they were bad. Um, or why they did why they started to climb. I thought the special teams started off strong at the beginning of the you know, the beginning of the year. Um, I felt like the first two games of the season they were pretty they were they were strong. Uh and then we started getting injuries. And then when we started getting injuries, guess what we, we guess what we had to do? We had to start plucking people off the special teams to play to start, <laughs> like you know, defense, offense, right? Uh, and then after that, you, you had your third, fourth string guys playing special teams. So yeah, it looked it looked crazy. It was bad. I'm with you on the C minus though, dog. Um, look, I, as bad as they looked, the worst play for me was that block joint <laughs> by Seattle. I'm just like, damn it, yo. You can't give Seattle any. We had back, we had back to back games with blocked field goals. Oh, you can't give them any extra juju, bro. Like, they already drinking the juice. You can't give them anything. Matter of fact, wasn't that their first touchdown? That That's the, the only, only touchdown. That was the only touchdown they had that whole game. You can't give them that juju, bro. No, you, you can't. can't. 49ers would have shut Seattle out, and that's a statement. Something Kyle Shane had yeah. never did in his life. 
Come on, man. And and they, they let it up on special teams. That's why I got to give them a C minus, you know. I'm with you, bro. They they just there's the, the the potential is there, and I know it's a dangerous word, but you're right though. You do have to factor in all the injuries that took place. Now you gotta bump guys up. Now you're playing special teams with guys that haven't been there all season. So I get it. You're playing with depth pieces and guys off the practice squad. I do get it. I understand it. But injuries is also part of 49ers football. What reason do I have to believe it's going to be any different? You know what I mean? So that's our first half review. Um, Let's go ahead and get to the Super Chats. And then um, on the next show, what we'll do is we'll talk about how – I mean, we we talk about how we think they can turn things around. Uh, But the next show we'll be uh, previewing – the upcoming game against the Chargers. All right. Nice. Sean Page had the first super chat of the night. I don't did you ever find those numbers on Mike McGlinchey and PFF or no? Nah. No? All right. It's all good. Uh Deshaun says, What up, Nina gang? Both of you should take some morning supplements, hibiscus tea. Am I sick? Yeah. Why I need it's just probably what? just extra like good energy, probably. Is it like, like ginseng? Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll look into it. I do. Need, I I need to add something else to my regime, man. I, I I do my 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 regular schedule is all messed up, and I'm eating more fast food. I don't. I'm not even a fast food person, but yeah, I'll too. go somewhere and get a chicken sandwich or some nuggets from somewhere. Me but too. I, I gotta I gotta do better, man. I really really do. I'll be walking around on the beach with no clothes on soon, so uh, I gotta make sure you know my dad bod is just the dad bod. I don't need that extra D. I'm right now. I'm shaped like a lowercase D. You know that little bubble at the end of it. That's, yeah. that's what. I'm, I'm shaped like I'm trying to get away from that a little bit, you know. So we'll see what happens here, man. But Sean, thank you so much for this first super chat of the show. We really appreciate it. Hopefully, you guys enjoying the show so far from the bye week. Our first, just like the Niners, right? We took the bye week with the Niners. You know, we we took it easy. Uh, this is our first show back in a while. So thank you all for rocking out with us. Jaguar has the next one here. He says in, at NBN, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Kalia Davis next year. Big man, talk about it, man, Wayne. This is the defensive tackle that the Niners picked up. A lot of people were hyped for him. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, they drafted him, right? They drafted him injured. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's recovering. It looks like he's recovering. He's just he's out there working out. We saw this, we saw Ken Law do the same shit and how that panned out. So we gotta see him put the pads on and go out there and play some football, man. And uh, we won't know, but they do get some good talent, in my opinion, at that defensive tackle spot, bro. So uh, that's going to be something really to look out for. That could be a replacement, uh, you know, or a supplement for uh, a Ken Law or whatnot. Um, so hopefully next year he'll be good to go. Good to go. Sean Shepard says, you guys think for once with Christian McCaffrey, you can see what a good back can do with Kyle. You think he got great production from mediocre crappy running backs? He made him look good. Be blessed, fam. Thanks for the love. Sean, man, I want to start with the last thing that you said. You always have our support, man. You have been solid as a supporter for us, and it's only right that we support you back. Honestly, even if we didn't uh, know you the way that we do, man, if I saw someone going through anything, I'm just that type of person. So, And I believe that Wayne is also. So we thank you for your continued support. Uh, We got you back, man. Anything we can do to help anytime, you just let us know we got you, man. Um, as far as what Kyle did with mediocre quarter running backs, is there something here? Is there something to what he's saying, man? Um, you know, yeah, Christian McCaffrey didn't run wild on on the Rams. He he didn't go crazy on the ground. Like he no, was just he had ninety four yards. He, he was consistent. So let's keep it a buck. Like he was a running back. Like he did what running back should do. He did he have the big breakaway joints? Nah, that's not really even his style. He can get them if the holes open up. Uh, he gets to that outside. 
but he was a running back. He ran, he protected himself. He got hit a couple of times too because the ball popped out twice. Uh, you know, only one was recorded a fumble, but mm -hmm. it's us also the way he utilized them, right? It's the way you're able to like click a button and utilize him differently. So yeah, Kyle got a wild card running back. Uh, you know, and and the, the, here's the best thing about Christian McCaffrey, right? It's 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 you you're bringing him, you brought him in here, right? Now you got two young guys, three young guys. What am I talking about? You got three young guys and Elijah Mitchell, who by default was your best running back, mm -hmm. right? By default, but guess what? Can't stay healthy, okay? But still your best running back, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then you drafted TDP and then you signed Jordan Mason as an undrafted free agent. Why not bring in a guy like Christian McCaffrey? Kyle Shanahan can utilize his skill sets and be like, look, this is a model. This is, I, I need you to be able to catch. I need you to be able to do this. You know what I'm saying? And then still bring your uniqueness to 49ers football. And I think that's what he's going to get. I think Christian McCaffrey gets a chance, and he's still young, what, 26, to be a mentor. But this is really good. It's good for the 49ers. So, Sean, I do feel like he did that with Raheem Mostert. He did that with Matt Breida. He did that with just about every running back that came in here. They were no-name guys, and he made them a name, right? That's what he did. So mm -hmm. I, I can't even imagine what he's going to do with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey might be the first running back for the 49ers with Kyle outside of Raheem Mostert that has more than 16 carries and finish the game over five yards to carry. Jeez. I really do think that. Uh, and that's without that big 80-yard explosive that, you know, most of it would get you one or two of those a game where he just busts one out. You know what I'm saying? It's like that just makes his average go through the roof, right? Most had a couple of games where he finished with seven, eight yards a carry, right? But this was a real 5.2 a carry, you know? And then that's also averaging, averaging in our last drive was just three runs up the middle with him. You know what I mean? Like runs for we didn't even get the first down. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that uh, there there might be something here to what you're saying, man. I am excited to see what Kyle can do. You know, Wayne at the top of the show was saying that they wanted him, they didn't need him. I, I don't know, man. They might have needed this kind of guy to open things up for the rest of the team. So we'll I, see what happens. I don't I don't know if they needed him because they were getting players back, right? And so like, all right, when you go back to week one, right? We were controlling the game. When did we stop controlling the game? Week one was the rain game. Uh, well, they started throwing unnecessarily. Well, they had to. Why? Well, we weren't down a ton. It was just. They just lost their best running back, bro. They oh, lost oh, the guy okay. that oh, they trusted okay. to run, this, to run the, the regime. Like, once he went out, that's how valuable even Elijah Mitchell was to Kyle Shanahan's offense, right? So they saw a guy, they saw that he could be available, and they went after and got him. I'm not saying that they didn't want – well, no. I'm saying they wanted him. Like, they went and got him, right? They didn't necessarily need him, but they went out and, and said, look, we have an opportunity to get somebody that can come in here and do what you just said. He could change up some things. And so right. he could change the way Kyle Shanahan prepares. He could change the way Kyle Shanahan plans. He could change the way Kyle Shanahan thinks. And Kyle Shanahan could call a play, and Christian McCaffrey gets the ball, and he can even change the way the defenses have to defend it because of his abilities. And so 
that's what I get with the whole Christian McCaffrey thing. And I see what you're saying. It can elevate the team to play a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not the piece you need it, but definitely the piece you want. Definitely the piece you want it. I like that. I like that. Tanya, thank you so much for the support. We really, really appreciate you. Uh, she says, I will be at the game Sunday night. It's Battle of the Seals. Huh? Let's go. Let's go. Niners versus Chargers. We know what side she's going to be repping for, but I think that uh, she's got a soft spot for the, for the Bolts as oh, well. Sure. I, sure. I, I, I would think so. So thank you for the super chat. And uh, I'm expecting to see some pictures, love. You got to gotta send me some pictures, tag me. You don't want them public. Shoot me some DMs, man. I, I, want, I want to see the pictures. I want to see the festivities. You got to go out there and hold us down. Night game. Make sure you bundle up. It gets a little cool out there after the hours. You know what I'm saying? So, so, yeah, make sure you send us some pictures, all right? And I believe this is the last one for the evening here. This is from our guy, our mod here. My man's been catching all the little uh, – sex box in the chat you know what i'm saying eddie glover holding us down he says love the nbn ngn family ready for this team to stack some wins yes i agree with that starts on sunday night let's get this dub love y'all let's fucking go baby come on now let's go what a perfect comment to end this whole show on bro it's time to start stacking wins now this is the one thing that's giving me some pause i know like i shouldn't say this because it's going to come off negative but i heard two different interviews from this week or heard about one of them happened uh, on Mike, and it was like, you know, it's time for us to start stacking some wins and being the team that we know we could be. I feel like they're kind of looking ahead. And then there was a report that came out. I believe it was Rohan. I think it was Rohan that tweeted it out. Uh, Fred Warner was caught saying, like, it's time to start stacking them up. Like, wait till y'all see the second half, right? I feel like the team is like, it's one thing to be confident, but I feel like they're like looking forward. What's the difference between looking past an opponent and then like, I, I don't. I don't get that from what you just said, bro. I, you you know you 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 I, I, I feel like that, life. You know that people. It's time to start stacking some wins, and it starts on Sunday. So I don't think they're looking past anybody, but it starts right here. And you know what? It's different when you know you're better than what you are, and you know you should be better than four and four, right? And how many times did the 49ers beat themselves? Right. And we and that's an excuse. I feel like that's an excuse. But damn it, that's the damn truth. We watched it. Right. We watched it. We watched self-inflicting wounds happen. Right. We watched the guy step out of an end zone and throw an interception on the same play. Right. You watched it. Right. It's time. And so that it starts with them. And I think that's where Fred's coming from. Starts with us. Like. We we're better than we are, what we are, what we say we are, what our record says we are. Let's go out there and let's start stacking and let's get it right now. Let's start now, right? Um, that's confidence. That's not cockiness. If that's what you were alluding to, that's just being confident. And if you can't be confident, then you don't belong playing this game, bro. You don't belong in the game. Like you got to be confident. It's all about domination and you got to be able to dominate the other person. And I'm hoping Fred Warner talks so much shit. He gets into the other people's heads, bro. That's what it's all about. We grew up in the era where linebackers talk trash and backed it up. Like literally everybody's different. And I'm just saying, it's all about dominating. And the 49ers got to dominate on all three phases. All three phases. They got to dominate. And it's time. It's time, man. It's time. We've been waiting out for a long time. You know, Kyle Shanahan was brought in here to be this offensive guru. He's got all the pieces now. He's got all the pieces. 
Maybe the offensive line could be a little bit better, but I promise y'all we don't have the worst offensive line in the NFL. So you got to, you got even if you have an average offensive line with all these weapons, it's time to put up a shut up, man. I think this is, I think we're in a good spot right here. I think we're going to take some final, some good steps forward. Wayne, I want to get your final thoughts and then we can go home, man. Let's wrap this thing up. And I have Deshaun Page. He has, he has the, he has the uh, highest uh, super chat here. So I just put it back up there one more time as an homage to my man. So my final thoughts is, uh, 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 one thing I'm going to do, uh, Miss Debbie's here, and I want to wish her a happy birthday. I can't sing it right now. My throat hurts. Happy birthday. I definitely will try to sing it in the morning. Uh, hopefully, I'll feel a little bit better. Um, I'll try to get some of that hibiscus tea. Maybe i have some in the cabinet. I think we got, like, every tea in the world in the cabinet. So I'm just You're going to do, like, the, the Tevin Campbell on, on, on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Happy birthday. The, happy birthday to you. And I'm I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to Luther it. Like I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to my own rendition. Oh, I, I got you. Know you. Um, but no, nah, seriously, happy birthday, Miss Debbie. We love you over here. Nothing but Niners. You know, Nitty Gritty loves you as well. Uh, so enjoy your day. Uh, I know it's not your birthday on the West Coast as of yet, but it is on the East Coast. Also, my brother Fair today's his birthday as well. Uh, if you guys don't know who Fear to God is, that is uh, one of the co-hosts for the Nitty Gritty Niner show. He shares the same great day as the lovely Miss Debbie. So happy birthday to Fear. I know he's not watching, but he'll probably watch on the repast. So I just wanted to send out those happy birthday shout outs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, that's all good. But as far as this game, man, look, we're going to break this game down. All right. And we're going to go through it uh, tomorrow. Make sure you guys tune in. If you're not already subscribed to the Wayne Breezy channel, go to at at the Wayne Breezy on YouTube. You just put the at symbol, the Wayne Breezy. It'll pop up now. The handle is there. All right. So make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Set your alerts to on and all. So that way tomorrow morning you won't miss the episode. I got John Chapman. He's going to be on there. We're going to be previewing the game as well. We're going to be going through some key matchups. It's going to be really cool to pick his brain. Uh, we're going to go through the statistical stats as far as the offenses and the defenses and where they're ranked. And the 49ers should be able to pull off this victory uh by any means necessary they gotta get the job done like you know they gotta be on their big daddy cane shit yo i get the job done uh, i work <laughs> i like it baby i like it man you know I, I don't have a lot to say right now man I, I think i got it all out of my system tonight so we're just gonna sign out uh those are my final thoughts our message when we sign out are gonna be my final thoughts for tonight you know uh we got a long season ahead we're gonna prepare for it you know there's gonna be some lumps and bumps along the way but we're going to stay faithful. Those are my final thoughts. So let's go ahead and do this, man. Let's get up out of here. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We out of here, y'all. Peace. One. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up. No fakes, we spinning, we winning, we high stakes, we never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey, see, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us, we them nothing but niners. Niners. Nothing. 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 Nothing.